0: Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles post game. I'm Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by Nathan Ruiz, the Oklahomans Oklahoma State football podcast. We are uh, we are in the uh, the uh, the Oklahoman. Well, are we getting pulled over? No. Okay. No, we're good. Uh, It's the mobile studio uh, of uh, of the Oklahoman. Uh, We are uh, we are in transit back to Oklahoma City from uh, from Stillwater. that ambulance really got you fired up. It, 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 uh, I'm like I'm like a, a dog that sees an ambulance. <laughs> I just get excited. Um, no football. Uh, some some happened in Stillwater tonight. Uh, Oklahoma State 55 to 13 over South Alabama. Uh, probably uh, answered some questions, raised a few more. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, think? I think that's always how these early season Group of Five games go. Obviously, next week's Group of Five game is a little different, but you're, you're facing an opponent that you, you clearly outclass, you're going to learn some things, but at the same time, some some curios, curiosities are going to appear. Same kind of thing happened last week against Missouri State, and FCS opponent, so I think OSU learned some things. I think there are things that it really still doesn't know going into the Boise State game next week, um, so it, again, the schedule, kind of an interesting situation where it's a nice little warm-up before that Boise State game, but at the same time, are you really prepared? Have you really been challenged enough? And I guess we'll find out this time next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think it's, uh, I think there are still a lot of unanswered questions about this Oklahoma state team. I'm not necessarily saying that they're not going to answer them in a positive way. Uh, but, but I don't know, uh, a ton about their, uh, their physicality for one. Um, I think that's going to be tested immediately against Boise state. Um, but uh, let's, uh, let's start with uh, with tonight. Taylor Cornelius, I think, was the, uh, the big question mark coming into tonight's game. Uh, Nathan, what did, you, uh, what did you feel about his performance tonight?
1: You know, it was fascinating. I think that offensively the two biggest question marks were Taylor and Tyron Johnson, yeah. and both of them are kind of answered in the same way. Tyron Johnson, five catches, 137 yards. Yeah. Um, so he goes out there, has a big game. Uh, early connection, 60 yards with Taylor Cornelius. Um, then Tyler, uh, Tylan Wallace follows it up with an 11-yard touchdown reception, and those two guys, the receivers were kind of the story of the night, the two ties. Um, and, and Taylor, I think, played a much more crisp performance. I think that's really what O.C. was looking for, mm-hmm. him to be a little more relaxed. There were definitely some throws he wants back, uh, had an interception in the end zone that really he just he literally just threw it right to the South Alabama defender. I think uh, – I can't remember his name, but it was something. It was like Bruce – Ball or something. It was something. Was that
0: was that bull barge? Bull barge. Bull barge. That, yeah,
1: bull barge. So I'm glad you remembered it. Bull barge. What a name. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah, so Taylor literally just threw it right to that guy, and that's a throw that he he said he tried to baby it, tried to touch it just a little too much. Um. And then the the other interception. It's a curl route to Dylan Stoner. He should have thrown it uh outside a little more, giving Stoner more of an opening to it. Just threw it too inside. Got a, I think got a little too fine on both throws. It sounds like. Um, But definitely a better performance. Became the seventh quarterback in Oklahoma State history to have a 400-yard passing game. Finished 25 for 40, 428 yards, uh, one touchdown pass. Uh, That one to Tylen Wallace, who I mentioned earlier, and then the two interceptions. So I I think it's a performance that will boost his confidence a bit. You know, uh, Mike Yurcich, offensive coordinator, said, you know, no quarterback's ever going to have a perfect game. Um, So I think there are definitely throws he'll uh, he'll look back on on film and learn from just like he did last week. But he seemed much more relaxed, which I think is the biggest takeaway from his performance.
0: Yeah, it uh, it, it absolutely was. He, um, I, I, don't remember him missing an easy throw like he did in week one against Missouri State. So uh, that a definite improvement. Uh, you know, still going to be some uh, some uh, decision making uh, issues that uh, that arise from time to time. You know, you're going to, when you've got a guy that, uh, you know, Mike, Yersich talked about how he wants uh, he doesn't want to uh, uh, shackle was the word that he used. He doesn't want to shackle Taylor Cornelius' athletic ability and his running ability. Um, And at times that's going to uh, lead to, you know, some deep sacks or a play where he, uh, you know, scrambles backwards and and ends up, you know, trying to throw the ball away, but uh, can't get it uh, to the line of scrimmage and ends up with uh, with an intentional grounding penalty. Things like that are going to happen when you've got a guy that, that you're willing to turn loose to run uh, and and try to make plays with his feet, keep plays alive with his feet. Now that was something we saw more of tonight, and uh, and I was I was fairly impressed with the way that he threw the ball on the run. Um, you know that's uh, that's uh, yeah, a, a tough skill to master. And um, I thought that, You know, he's, uh,
1: a, he's a former shortstop. I think that helps a little bit, honestly. That God, He's made does. a lot of
0: comps with him, b-
1: baseball-related. He said something today about the outfield. I think it was related to punting. He's just been throwing around baseball references. Right. But, you, I, I, you know, I think there's... People forget how athletic Taylor Cornelius is. Exactly. Former track player, baseball player, basketball player, in addition to playing football. So he's a guy who brings a lot to the table, and it's just people don't really know anything about him because he's a guy who's been on campus for four years and hasn't really done much.
0: Exactly. And uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, maybe we're gonna see him uh, sidearm uh, a few a few passes like uh, like he's uh, trying to turn a, a six four three double play. Anything could happen. That's right. Um, what else? Uh, what else stood out offensively? Um, obviously, the uh, the numbers from the run game were uh, were not what um, what you probably would have expected uh, from uh, from this uh, this group of running backs that has been so. Uh, um, so pumped up and, uh, and and talked about so much. Um, Mike Gundy said, you know, some of that was uh, was the offensive line not not blocking well. Some of it was Alabama, South Alabama, uh, loading the box and uh, and just wanting to take away the run. Uh, any uh, any uh, initial impressions just uh, from from what you saw from uh, those guys?
1: Yeah, that that latter thing you mentioned. You know, I think you, you wrote about it before the Missouri State game. That with the way this team is constructed right now, with when you look at last year. You had so many talented receivers you had Mason Rudolph at quarterback obviously Justice Hill was still there JD King and LD Brown were still playing but now the, the focus has switched for opposing defenses to to those four running backs if you had those three I mentioned and Chuba Hubbard those are the guys that, that defenses are keying on um and obviously was kind of take, able to take advantage of it today in in the passing game we see Tyron Johnson and Tylan Wallace have big games Tyler Wallace 10 catches 166 yards but uh it, it showed in the round, ground game that there wasn't really a whole lot happening there. A couple decent runs, uh, but nothing of the likes we saw last week when you had Aldi Brown bake off for 77 yards, Shuba Hubbard able to get in space on a catch, uh, go 54 yards, and then of course Justice Hill with the 92 yards, almost make it uh, into the end zone. So I, I think all those guys are going to have their moments, and it'll just be I, when those when teams do that, it's very important that that Taylor Cornelius is able to to find his receivers instead. Yeah. Because um, you know Mike Mike Gundy, uh, you know when he makes his list of the guys who, who who he wants to put the ball in their hands, Justice Hill is at the top of that list. And then you could argue that the next three on that list are the other three running backs. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Dylan Stone, like Tyron of the four receivers, tonight all their moments. Uh, General McCluskey, pretty inactive, pretty quiet night. I'll say. Yeah. Um, you know, but last last week he's the leading uh, receiver leads the team and catches has two touchdown catches adds a rushing touchdown uh uh tyron johnson had a rushing touchdown tonight so it's uh osu able to use all these pieces in different ways i think when you people don't need to expect taylor cornelius to be mason rudolph We talked about that in a lot of ways but it's it's his job i think not necessarily to be the guy who's making the play but it's his job just to put the ball in the hands of those playmakers when osu has that kind of talent at receiver and running back
0: absolutely um Jalen McCleskey, uh, just a couple of catches tonight. Uh, we're seeing the, uh, the 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 Scott Wright jinx in full effect. Um, wrote a story about him, which I in, I enjoyed writing. Uh, he is a uh, he's a, a really good kid, and I uh, you know enjoyed talking to him. Um, kind of diving into uh, you know his thoughts on uh, on his career. He didn't say a, a whole lot. Um, you know, obviously his career's still going, so he, he's not reflecting on uh, on a lot of those sorts of things yet. I wonder if they teach. The
1: like, you know, Gavin lying the media relations department. I wonder if they teach them not to talk about themselves, or that's a Mike Gundy taught thing. Because yeah. no one on this team is really like if you get ask them about a teammate, right? They'll go off. They'll right. say whatever they want to say, be full of praise. But you ask them about themselves, no, and right. they'll they'll clam right up. So right. I don't know if uh, they're getting special training for that or what it is. But I mean, Jalen McCleskey quietly a top ten receiver in Oklahoma State history.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh and I was uh I mean I was surprised to to see the number of categories where he has uh... has statistically climbed into uh... you know the top ten or near the top ten and uh... And has a chance to uh... to really leave a pretty significant legacy by the time the season is over um, special teams before we get to the defense uh... special teams was uh... borderline disaster uh... i think if this had been a a bigger game and they had some of those type of special teams uh... issues um, or say it's next week, and they have those type of special teams issues. Uh, the uh, it's a lot bigger storyline than uh, than than it was today. But uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things that were concerning, I think, on uh, on uh, in that aspect of the game. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Mike Gundy used the word discipline. I think like
1: five or six times. Yeah. Just talking about that how they lack that uh, on special teams. Dylan Stoner with a couple poor decisions to just let some punts fall and ends up giving OSU a long field, and then uh, some, some bad snaps. A couple different things just happen here and there, and you end up just giving them easy field position. So um, I, oh, I haven't mentioned this yet, uh, I think it's important. OS, OSU, one of those bad punts, ends up bad punt situations, ends up giving – Missouri State an easy touchdown, so they score 13 points. OSU has 55 points. My pregame prediction was 54-13, so I'm one. If OSU special teams had just been a little worse and Matt Amarillo right. had missed an extra point, right. I would have been dead on. So I just felt it was important. I put that as an – I already tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. I want to get it as many mediums as possible. I, I just want un- to put un- it out there.
0: Understandable. Um, yeah, if, if Matt Hoggett could have dropped a, an extra point snap instead of a punt snap, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. Know, maybe things are, uh, are completely different. And uh, because, I mean, correctly predicting the score as opposed to missing by one point completely changes your night. Right? Oh,
1: absolutely. It's almost more frustrating. I'd rather miss it by ten points, but, again, like, I wasn't really that close. Right. But I guess maybe if I missed it by three points, I guess, you know, one point's a pretty comfortable thing to miss by. Like, missing an extra point, that doesn't happen. But, like, oh, right. they just got an extra field goal. You're off by eight points. You yeah. need OSU to score another touchdown and get a two-point conversion. Exactly. So, like, oh, that wasn't going to happen in a blowout game. Right. But
0: No. No. And, uh. Uh, by the middle of the second quarter, I decided that the offense wasn't going to get close to 63. I was really shocked that they got as close as I get. just
1: remembered something. Jenny Carlson is the one driving us right now, and she brought up an interesting over-under before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 59 degrees in the Boone Pickens Stadium press box pregame. Right. I don't know. The, I forgot to check. I don't know that I ever got warmer or colder, but it remained cold. Throughout the game, and I, Jenny asked, "What's the over/under? You know, is it going to be 59 degrees or 59 points by OSU?" So if if anyone noticed that tweet, uh, I hope you took the under because OSU only managed
0: 55. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Even if it, uh, you know, it, I I think it warmed up in the press box, but I don't know that it got to. 68 the total points scored in the game mm. so i still think the total points in the game might have uh might have uh, topped the uh, the temperature in the press box i know i know that when i when i uh grabbed the ice cream bar after uh, after my dirty curdy which we'll get to in a Big minute news. uh absolutely um, arguably the biggest outcome of this game oh it, by i was i was done by the we'll get to that anyway uh anyway I was I was I was trying to build up to a joke about how my ice cream bar didn't melt but anyway, it was gonna be bad no it didn't uh, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that shortly let's uh, let's talk about the defense mm-hmm. before we get on to more important things of being my pregame meal um, I think uh, I think that's where a lot of questions lie and it's not because we don't see talent over there. It's just that we don't really know what they're going to do against a good offense.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say that they've been tested. I asked Darian Daniels just kind of straight up, like, do you feel like you guys defensively have been tested by the competition you face? And he says, yes, we have. You know, we've gone against some different looks. They've shown us some different things. We've been getting some young guys out there. So I think there are elements of times, you know, they haven't – they definitely haven't played perfect in either of these games. There have been some mistakes. um, But – It's hard to say comparatively that they've been tested when they have a top-20 team, uh, you know, a program that historically has good offenses uh, coming in here uh, to Boone Picking Stadium next week. So I think it'll be... uh, It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be something that they haven't faced yet. Um, It'll be interesting how Jim Knowles does against it. Um, You know, last week he said that we haven't shown the full package yet. I didn't necessarily see too much new. I know, like, last week they did the three man front right with Calvin Bundage on the edge this week they would at times they had a four man front with Calvin Bundage on the edge right so there are maybe some newer wrinkles I don't know if they go you know the full book opens up next week against Boise State um, but they'll, that's our, that's the game that I think I think in our conference or not our conference our college football preview I listed that as OSU's most important game yeah and I wasn't necessarily thinking the defense I was thinking more so the quarterback situation because right. this is I, I, now now I'm pretty confident that Taylor Cornelius is going to make it through that game without issue. But, um, I mean, not necessarily his play without issue, but I think it will be OSU starter against Texas tech in two weeks. That's my opinion. I don't know that that's true by any means. Um, but OSU seems to have a pretty long leash with him. Um, but defensively, I think it's a big game because the first time under Jim Knowles, they've really been tested.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, Mike Gundy said that Jim Knowles said that, um, you know there are there are things that uh, that we don't know yet about this defense um you know jim Knowles likes what they've done uh on the defensive line to this point um you know the the secondary still has a ton of young guys uh we saw we saw two true freshmen playing significant minutes uh tonight colby Peel at safety after kenneth edis magruder was ejected for targeting uh and then uh rodarius williams went out with uh he got dinged we all dinged. know what that means right um Detailed from my yeah, gundy, dinged, right. dinged, official, dinged. <laughs> that's what's listed on the injury report. Mm, dinged. dinged. Uh, so uh, he got dinged, and uh, and Tanner McAllister, who uh, missed last week because uh, I think he got his thumb dinged.
1: Yeah, it was a thumb ding or a wrist ding.
0: Yeah, and uh, but he was back this week and undinged, and was un- undinged, and uh, and. And playing well, uh, I thought at corner uh, for as much as he was asked to play as a true freshman in his very first collegiate game, I was uh, um, yeah, yeah, I was I was impressed with uh, with what he did. I and I think that I'm probably impressed with it because I didn't notice for a while that he had been out there for so long.
1: Yeah, and with a corner, that's the ideal. You exactly. don't notice them.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. If, if if you're all of a sudden like, why is Tanner McAllister out there so much, and uh, then you're getting concerned about, it, you know, or uh, you're 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 noticing him a lot, then that's uh, that's when it's time for for fans to start being concerned. So, um, but uh, those two guys played a lot uh, back there. Um, you know, the linebackers I think are uh, are are solid. And uh, and they like what they've got uh, in in Justin Phillips and, and Calvin Bundage, so um, you know it's going to be really uh, really a lot of fun to see what uh, what direction this defense goes uh, in in the next uh, in the next few weeks, starting with uh, with the Boise State game. Uh, some tackling issues that uh, that showed up uh, a couple of times tonight uh, that uh, that obviously Jim Knowles will want to uh, to address and uh, and get fixed. Um, but in general, it seems like they've, uh, they've mostly been in position when they needed to be uh, um, in position and, uh, and, and, you know, adjusting to things well. So, um, you know, obviously Boise is still going to be able to bring out some things that, uh, that Oklahoma State hasn't seen on film from them yet in, uh, in the first two weeks and, uh, and do some different things. And uh, that's, a, uh, that's a key to what, uh, to what Oklahoma State can do defensively is how they adjust to those things, how they react on the fly, um, but uh, but o- overall, um, I would say that uh, that this defense has basically done what it's been expected to do to this point.
1: Yeah, I think the in- defensively, what's interesting to me talking about Colby Peel and Tanner-, Tanner McAllister and Jack Bernard got in there too, and I'm sure there were some other guys if we looked at the participation report. Um, this is kind of the first game that defensively we've seen, you know, quarterback-wise with Keiondra Woodsy for the second straight game coming in to to back up Taylor Cornelius instead of Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders Um, this was defensively we see maybe a benefit for OSU for that redshirt rule if Kenneth Edison and gets knocked out of a game last year I don't know that they bring in a guy like Colby Peel a true freshman right Um, he played in last week's game but let's say hypothetically he hadn't Mm -hmm. do you burn a guy's redshirt for you know against a, a South Alabama um, but what that did is he was a guy that they were kind of in between on. Is like he might just be a four-game guy, mm-hmm. and then we see where we're at. But, you know, Mike Gennady didn't want to get too far ahead of himself. He wanted to watch the film first, uh, the Mike Yersich special. But um, he uh, said that, you know, Kobe Peele is a guy who after playing him tonight, he's a the guy they think, you know, we maybe could just use him for the season and yeah. not have to worry about limiting him to four games and get him out there in 12, 13, 14, whatever it needs to be.
0: Uh, and and there, I don't think uh, outside of the those three, the two safeties and, and Tanner McAllister at cornerback, I don't know that there's anybody else right now that's uh, that's on that list. I think that, uh, that that's the extent of it. And I mean, Bernard has now played in in, uh, in both games. Um, I don't think that you play him that much if you don't intend to uh, to to use him beyond um, you know beyond four games. So uh, we'll see if there's uh, there's somebody else that uh, that pops onto that list. Um, I'll be curious to see, um, you know, how the uh, the cowboy back is used. This is a random tangent. But uh, Logan Carter uh, got a late targeting call. He'll have to miss uh, the first half of the game. He was, He's not a guy that... Uh, that that plays a major role but he is on the field a decent amount they've been uh, they've been running some uh, some different tight end type packages with uh with him and uh, angelani woods um, so i'll be curious to see how they uh how they adjust to that without him for a half um, you know the uh, the offensive line can uh, can certainly use uh, any help it can get whether it's a tight end or fullback type cowboy back Um, So uh, probably some uh, some creativity that'll be needed uh, needed from those guys. But uh, like I said, that was a random tangent uh, from from defense to to cowboy. If if we're gonna
1: tie it in, you got Jake Ross, who's a guy who hasn't. I don't think he played tonight. He's a tight end style cowboy back who uh, junior college transfer. I don't know if he's been. He had some injuries. I know throughout the spring and fall. But if he's healthy enough, you know maybe he's a guy who we see for a half. Uh, Mixed in there with Jelani Woods. Maybe uh, Sione and Britton Abbott get some time as a tight end type guy, just on the line blocking. Um, OSU doing some different things. You know, you saw Justice Hill was playing out wide at times tonight. Right, a decent amount. Yeah, so I don't know if that's just him, them trying to have him on the field to serve as a – a distraction and open up some other opportunities. I don't know if that's a look we're going to see a lot against Boise State, right? But uh, OSU, I mean, last week too, experimenting with some two running back looks, using the different cowboy backs in different ways. So uh, it, you could tell the offense looks different than it did last year. But I mean, to this point, against two lower level opponents, it's producing very well.
0: It is uh, JD King with a uh, receiving touchdown tonight. Uh, going back to my uh, my, my Jalen McCleskey conversation from uh, from last week after week one. He um, he was giving J.D. King... McCleskey was giving J.D. King a really hard time about the fact that he had a rushing touchdown and J.D. King did not. And uh, apparently J.D.'s response was that he was a better receiver than uh, than McCleskey. Now he's got a receiving touchdown to uh, to, to prove it. So uh, they're, uh, they're, they're trash talk coming to fruition.
1: Did, did Justice get a receiving touchdown last week? Uh, I don't believe he did last Okay, week. I was thinking that for a second that three of the four running backs had receiving touchdowns. But now, so... Justice. Okay, so Chuba and JD have receiving touchdowns, and now Jalen and Tyron have rushing touchdowns. Yes. So O.C.'s right. offense is all kinds of mixed up. Is it, what's yeah, happening? Yeah,
0: it it absolutely it's it's all over the place.
1: Um, you
0: know what else is mixed up? Potentially your stomach post Dirty Curdy. My my stomach is doing just fine. the uh, The only problem. Uh, that uh, that that I had as a result of of my my pregame meal the yeah, the the uh, the dirty curdy was that I only bought one, and I uh, I really could have used two. Um, I I didn't I didn't th- at the time I was uh, I I didn't think that two was going to be necessary. So um, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a quarter pound of of beef it's a it's a lot of hot i don't know how much beef it is it's on the sign i read the sign okay Uh, It's uh i'm I'm not just i'm not not just a a beef measurement savant it was on the sign so um but uh they have four different ones to choose from i i know we've discussed in depth their menu uh at at the curdy shack on the strip um but uh they're in the uh in the uh, concession stand area Four different ones to choose from. I can't remember all four of them off the top of my head. Uh, there was uh, there was one with some guacamole, one with some. Uh, that's the dirty Paco, I assume. Yes, that was uh, that is correct. There was uh, there was one with some uh, onions and jalapeno relish that I really wanted to try, um, but uh, that's probably not a, a good choice right before you have to sit in a crowded room full of people for four hours. Uh, so I passed on that for uh, for everyone's sake. Um, and Jenny, with this all, thumbs up. Thumbs up from, uh, from Jenny in the front. So. Um, but uh, but at, at some point I'm gonna have to try that. I might have to actually make my way down to the strip at some point because I'm gonna have to try that one as well. Um, but I've been I've been I've been fascinated by the Dirty Curdy, the Curdy Shack in general uh, since the moment that uh, that that you and Adam Kemp began talking about it and explaining to me what exactly it was. Uh, anybody who doesn't believe that just go back and listen to all of our podcasts up to this point. You can uh, you can hear my my obsession with the dirty curdy in depth, and now I've actually eaten one and and it's just gone through the roof. Yeah, I mean you point. just
1: you're, I think you took a bite and you're immediately just like this is amazing. Yes, that's exactly what I said. So you're
0: very and into then, it from the moment it happened. And then as as Jenny Carlson mentioned uh, at the time uh, in the press box, I did not speak. Yeah, you for said the those words and it. then you ate the rest of it and it, you. I did. Yep. No, you're didn't, didn't You are very content. You were very happy. Absolutely. So. We've always got room for sponsorship here on the uh, the Cowboy Chronicles podcast. We would love for uh, for the Dirty Curdy, the Curdy Shack, to uh, to get involved. Uh, very impressed with the uh, with the product. Um, I think at this point they're basically the unofficial sponsor of, of the of the show anyway. Uh, unwilling, maybe, but uh, but still. who wouldn't want to sponsor this? Right? We it's, talked about dinged and your stomach. What's what's the not love exactly? It's uh, we we really covered it all at this point. Um, in 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 uh, and I probably should say that literally because I don't think there's anything else that we can talk about. I, I keep talking about the dirty curdy. Um, the cream cheese is uh, is is a uh, is a pleasant surprise. The bread is uh, I didn't know what to expect from the bread. The bread is really good. I was going to let you. You seemed in a, in a zone. I didn't have anything right. else to offer. No. No, I, think, I, know. I, was, I think if you're talking was, about a
1: hot dog bun, I think it's a pretty clear sign that we're, <laughs> we've are we
0: reached the bottom of the barrel. Right, exactly. Um, so uh, so so tune in uh, next week for our next post-game podcast when I will uh, I will have tried a different... Uh, a, oh, this a is different. the thing. This no. A no thing. I'm, oh, I'm, okay. No, we'll see. You we'll had enough games left. You could have won a game, and you'd be right. fine. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I might just... just, just ramble on about my my general obsession and uh anyway so i love the dirty curdy uh boise state's a big game anything else uh no not dinged dinged all right the uh the cowboy chronicles will be back with our uh, our regular midweek edition uh probably on tuesday uh, assuming everything goes uh, as planned and uh and then we'll also uh we'll keep the uh, the post postgame podcast coming as well uh we appreciate uh, appreciate everyone in the uh, in the office helping Paige and Todd always take good care of us. Uh, appreciate Jenny uh, driving and not uh, not wrecking. Uh, that would be an awkward podcast ending. I mean, it started off with you freaking out about an ambulance, so. <laughs> right? It can only uh, it can only get better. Um, he's Nathan Ruiz I'm Scott Wright. This has been the the, uh, the Cowboy Chronicles. Thanks for listening.